0: Typewriter that we went. I've actually
1: used tap, one tap, of those. Tap,
0: tap, 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 My tap, mom had You guys are ancient. <laughs> there, there, used, to be
2: a, a there,
3: there used to be a music. There used to be. I'm trying to think of the composer that actually did a piece on the typewriter years ago. Can't think of his name. He was very popular. Typewriter song. Sorry, that was me. I'm just moving. It was cute.
2: Okay, recording. In a three,
1: a two, one. Hi, I'm Rhonda Tyson, and I took a left at the valley.
4: I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. Just call it faith and unsubstantiated
2: claims That's something to be ashamed Coming at you from Smokey BC, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I've always wondered why these sterilized needles for lethal injections? Joining me as usual is a team that wonders why you put a round pizza in a square box and eat it in triangles.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: her secret for staying young is having no sense of time, Nancy. Uh, what?
3: What? What <laughs> Wait, uh, night
2: day? Whatever. And he wonders if a tired old cliche is one. Scott! Yep, all the time. That's always top on my mind. And she just received her degree in calcium anthropology, which is the study of milkmen, Christina. Yep. (laughs) How I prefer. I
1: I am part of the industry, so it is
0: accurate.
2: (laughs) Guys, welcome back. We're going to have a. Interesting show today because we'll be talking to Marissa Alexa McCool. Now, what a name!
3: Oh, that's a great As someone who just loves names, I think that's heading rapidly to the almost top of my list. Exactly, Love it. Yeah. exactly.
2: So, and she's a podcaster, and we'll be talking to her shortly.
3: Anybody with the last name McCool can't be all bad, right?
2: <laughs> McCool. I like McCool, it. yeah. McCool, exactly. Uh, but first, let's do a bit of chit chat. Um, <laughs> did you guys see this? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably talk about US politics here. Um, there, there was a, a Politicon in the States, you know, which is a, a political yeah, conference. And the some of it. And the, uh, the Democrats, at DNC, was pranked by, remember the Yes Men? Refresh no. my memory. Yeah. The yes men are actors that go around pretending to All be important them. CEOs oh, and make yeah. and, oh my God. and, and ah. stuff like that. So the yes man, this is uh, Andy Bickelbaum. He posed as a Frank Spencer, the chair of the civic engagement for the DNC, and admitted that the DNC corruption and lobbying prevents them from doing universal health care. <laughs> yeah. he admitted this in front of the press. So it seems that uh, they and they say they will uh, ban corporate money, etc., etc. Et essentially, giving out the progressive platform as pretending to be part of the DNC. Now, which is great because now the Democratic Party has to come out and say, "No, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to ban oh corporate money. We're not. Get, we're not we going to put in universal. Money. Yeah, we need that. And it makes them look really, really stupid." He, uh, the uh, according to the independent uh, Algerian women are defying Islamists by wearing bikinis. This is in the coastal town of Anaba bikinis are uh, they, they aren't banned but there's a lot of pressure to be modest by wearing burkinis <laughs> Burkinis is essentially a whole bodysuit right yeah except your hands and your face are and your feet are not covered um, and this is in algeria uh, Algeria isn't an Islamic country but it's becoming islamicized in that sense so now women apparently are Bravely fighting back, and well, some of them anyway, and wearing bikinis at the beach instead.
3: What do you think is going to happen? That's scary. Yeah, it is. They're very brave. I saw the photograph, you know, of the woman in in the bikini, and I just thought, oh man. When does the violence start? She knows. She knows. She knows where this is going, and she's doing it anyway. So,
2: well, I decided to support them by wearing my own bikini. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no.
3: Was it a yellow polka dot bikini?
2: It could be. I need to find one of those, apparently. (laughs) Do we now send you
3: to Algeria?
2: Please,
0: someone stop the insanity now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, just just threaten them like that. (laughs) Men start wearing bikinis. No, okay, fine, we give up, we give up. Just leave the bikinis on the (laughs) (laughs) window. We'll wear the bikinis. We'll wear the bikinis. Did you guys hear that uh, Brandon and uh, Gail Blackmore are found guilty of polygamy? This is from the sector in Bountiful here in BC.
0: Yes, I, I was reading about that. Yeah, they, Very were, found, interesting. they were found
2: guilty. They basically jail of, time. found guilty of taking a 13-year-old to the U.S. to get married.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That has been going on
2: forever.
0: Can you say jail time?
2: Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, and, of course, I've got to... Remember this uh, Seinfeld character? There's this little Seinfeld character you guys probably remember. Remember this guy?
4: You want bread? Yes, please. dollars. No soup for you
2: (laughs) (laughs) The soup Nazi Remember this guy?
4: Oh
3: yeah he was great
2: Well this is uh, actor uh, Larry Thomas And he will be right here in New Westminster
3: Seriously, yes,
2: he's coming to serve soup at the Green and Beans Deli, New West. The proceeds from the sale are going to help the B.C. wildfire situation.
3: Which is great. Is he a Canadian?
2: I don't know. I don't know.
3: No, it did. Sounds I, fun, I, I read though. the article. Didn't say in the article, but it almost You'd almost assume hmm. that that he was. But that's great. That's wonderful publicity.
2: I mean, I've I've I never watched Seinfeld. I was never a big fan of him. But even I know the character. Yeah, And uh It was a fantastic little character for sure.
3: He got a lot of publicity at the time. Oh. No. Year. Yes, but yeah.
2: well, he's typecast into that role, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, what do you guys think about the whole situation with North Korea? Ah! Oh. Yeah, okay. Then. Somebody
0: should get that man laid. <laughs> oh. What, in
2: North Korea or yeah. Trump?
0: No, both. both. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> let's put the two of them
2: together.
1: <laughs> uh, they can meet up in Russia. <laughs> and, and,
2: yeah, and what Putin seems to be a supervise. universal... What seems to be a universal pissing contest, these two are about to go at it. And I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Now let's see
4: how well you handle it.
2: Trump said that uh, North Korea would be met with fire and fury. Trump warns and threats the uh, North Korea because of North Korea's response to sanction. And Canada apparently already had two meetings with North Korea. About this, so this is actually looking like it's on the verge of war.
3: Well, other other than the this is like saying other than the play Mrs. Lincoln, how did how did you know how did you enjoy the play? But North Korea, other than actually having more nuclear possibilities at this point, isn't doing anything different than they've already done. I know. The rhetoric is the same. Um, Nothing really has changed. It's up to the, it's the response that is, I think, front and center more than what is is happening in North Korea. What is the U.S. doing in response? This is the really scary part of it.
2: I I personally think that uh, this is my opinion only, uh, it's only worth that much. I think the Americans are not prepared for this. Americans are going in there and saying, oh yeah, we'll just kick their ass like we do everybody else. Uh, well, first of all, that doesn't really happen. I, mean, I don't think the Americans have actually won a war since World War II. Um, oh no, that's not true. Whoa, well, okay, what else? The Iraq
0: War ended in, uh, the Gulf War, sorry, not the Iraq yeah, War. The Gulf War ended in about three weeks, and the Americans pounded the Iraqis into the sand. Okay, fine. And the Iraqis were the... the de facto. Well, just a second now. The... The Iraqis were using old Soviet tanks, which, hmm, that's what North Korea has. The Iraqis were using, they had a 400,000 man army, which quickly fell apart because that army was starving to death and had no access to fresh water. The North Koreans are basically in the same boat. They're all starving to death. If the United States was to prepare and launch an attack on them, it would be over, I'm thinking, within two to three weeks.
2: I'm, I'm very skeptical of that, because I think the North Korea has been itching for a fight against the U.S. ever since the Korean War, which was what, late 60s, early Yeah, 60s? but
0: the North Koreans weren't fighting the U.S. on their own. They had China backing them. That wow. was a whole different ball game. North Korea is on their own. They're isolated right now. If,
2: no, if China, Vietnam, China did say that if the U.S. were to attack, they would they would back yeah, up. Sure,
0: but if North Korea attacks,
2: yeah, well, that, it's to look China like China that's China did say to happen. North Korea, "If you attack the states you're on your own, yeah, they did say that." I just, I just think the, I uh, think North Korea is more prepared for this than we suspect. Uh, I, I hope I'm, I'm wrong. Well, uh, I, I, I think hope they, they don't have. I'm reading
0: into it that it's going to be kind of like the Gulf War back in uh, back in '91.
3: Well, I, I agree. I think they're they're more. Prepared initially. I don't think they're prepared for backup if anything bad happens. And I think the U.S. is prepared. They're just in total disarray at the top. There just doesn't seem to be a a cohesive policy. And there are so many vacancies Mm -hmm. in the top spots that you don't have the knowledge and the backup. So the whole situation is very scary.
2: Yeah, and I uh, also think that the the population is um, a bit more fanatical too, right? I mean, uh, the uh, Iraqi population wasn't a population that was looking for war. North Koreans, by all reports, yeah, they are. They're complete. It's almost a religion there, right? North Korea uh, is almost a religion in itself.
0: I don't know where you're getting that from, Kevin. Well, I'm
2: getting well. I don't <laughs> have the sources to state that because
0: anyway. uh, North Korea, they're starving to death. Yes. they're literally starting. Well, they still to death. worship
2: not, well, the leader, right? Well, the well they worship is, though, him because if you, if you
0: if you bat your eye the wrong way at the leader, you disappear, and your family goes into yeah. some kind and, of way. And, and
1: they do like three generations yeah. of punishment. Like mm. you, you have yeah. to protect your children, your yeah, grandchildren, you, you your dare parents, dare get your grandparents. Caught. They're living
0: in the ultimate police state. There, you don't dare get caught winking the wrong way, or you're being arrested and disposed of. Mm-hmm. And disposed of is the proper term.
2: Well, time will tell if either one of us is right. I, either way, I sure hope there isn't a war because the last thing we need is a nuclear war with these idiots. The last but,
0: thing we need is more people dying for no stupid reason.
2: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Did you guys hear also about what's going on right now in the States, in Virginia? Yesterday there was a uh, white supremacist march. And this is in Charlottesville, in Virginia. Um, Hundred took torches and marched, chanting, "We will not. Re- you will not replace us." And this is a Caucasian people.
3: Mm-hmm. This is this is really, really scary. That mm-hmm. the that the fascist element in the states now feels that they have permission to do this because of the fact that Steve Bannon and what's the crazy guy Gorky? What's that Gors- Gorsuch? Yeah, that 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 both of them have um, pretty well free reign. And, and and are sanctioned in not sanctioned, but they are they have permission to air their views. And with Jeff Sessions um, now going after affirmative action against you know the the white students, th- this is bringing all of this about. And it's scary so wh- because West Virginia is an open carry state, mm-hmm. which means that the protesters and the uh, the anti fascism. Both can, can carry, can carry what, guns into the... What
0: precipitated that? Like how well,
2: did this, this start? Well, this is... This is uh, the, 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 the rally started last night, but it's happening right now as we're, as we're recording. Uh, this is the Unite the Right rally. It's okay. in protest the city's decision to remove the statue of General Robert E. Lee in the city...
0: Wow. Why, would, so that, the, the why would that statue be there at all?
2: Well, well yeah.
3: that's part of the Confederacy, and it's exactly. been there forever, and now the tide has turned. And so there is a movement on behalf of almost everybody to not have those symbols of hatred and yeah. discrimination. Yeah,
0: well, I, I don't um, understand how, why they ever public, allowed it in the in the first place
3: well because it was the south and they said th- it's part of our history therefore we're fully justified in and having it there and they really didn't care whether it was a symbol of hatred the yeah. justification was it's part of our southern history and as good southern boys we need to honor our ancestors
0: mm-hmm. scary exactly uh, and um, promotion of hatred
1: yeah ha- um quick question um how like how big is this rally
2: I have, I don't have the numbers but it's big enough that you know uh, uh it's all over the news right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. It and looks
3: like there are oh what several hundred or more several with, hundreds yeah. with very minimal police presence That's unlike an interesting thing what too. was happening in in Ferguson.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. this is very interesting too. There's very little police presence right now in there so
0: I don't know what that means. Let's hope that well, let's hope that doesn't turn into violence because the police presence will be replaced by national guard presence at that yeah. point. Mm -hmm. They they won't even play with the police. They'll just bring the National Guard in because it's too big a a forum and too many things can go wrong. They'll just have to stomp on it fast.
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of this weekend.
0: Why? Why do they have to hate each other like this?
3: Well, ask Trump and his administration.
0: No you can only get answers from Trump if he tweets it though
3: <laughs> I'm not That's on Twitter true. Yeah, by the way, with all of this violence going on he he has not tweeted about this, nor has he tweeted about the uh, the Muslim uh, bombing the other somebody, day
0: somebody please tell me that his advisors actually hit his phone
3: uh, well the question is is he tweeting about other know. things no, no he's tweeted about everything else but with things that really matter to people who have brains and common sense and real wow. patriotism no
2: oh yes and i, I completely forgot the guys i want to go back on the uh, north korea uh situation there uh we actually have a clip of uh, trump exposing his plan what he plans to do in north korea oh my gosh. Well, you guys want to listen to this Hold definitely on a
4: wow to crush your enemies <laughs> see them driven before you and they hear a lamentation of the women that is good, <laughs> that is good. And there was. <laughs> oh,
3: if it was. Oh, if it wasn't only so true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for well you, done, Kevin. your thoughts on well this. Well done, My dear Nancy, you ready to do this date in history?
3: Uh, no, but we'll do it anyway. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay, here we go. This day in history, which is a roundup of those events and people that altered and illuminated the days between August the 7th and August the 13th. Is anybody like me, is it hard to believe that it's actually August? We're just, you know, a few weeks away from fall? Oh. Wild. Well, anyway.
1: It's hard to realize it's 2017.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> August the 7th is National Lighthouse Day. National Beer Day and National Public Speakers Day, so something. What's this beer day stuff? Perfect.
0: I like this beer day. That's <laughs> yeah, good. National
3: Beer Day. That's right. Um, in 1927, on August the seventh, the Peace Bridge between the U.S. and Canada was dedicated. Anybody know where the Peace Bridge is?
0: Fort Erie to Buffalo.
3: There you go. My
0: wow. father worked as a stationary engineer for the uh, Bridge Commission.
3: Wow. It's fantastic. Any stories about the, the bridge at all? That
0: that's No, I, I traveled it many times.
3: Yeah. Did you always have sort of a sense of ownership as you went across it?
0: It was a neat thing because they fly the flags at the center of the bridge, the uh-huh. center of the, of the Niagara River. Uh huh. And so you're going over this extremely long, because the bridge is about a mile long. Oh, wow. And you're going over this long bridge, and when you cross those flags, you realize I just crossed an international border. Like, oh. Like, so cool.
3: Yeah, it yeah. really is. Oh, that's great! Well, I'm glad we had a day that brings your your whole yeah. family history into that's that. Cool. That's, that's the great. Peace Bridge. What this year is was Cross history? <laughs> yeah.
0: What,
2: what year
3: was it? 1927. Not ah. that not that far away, far far um, in the past for those old people. Like I've been me. told
0: they've <laughs> never they've never done it, but that bridge was actually built to have two levels. Really? The infrastructure in the States, they can do it in Canada, but the infrastructure in the States was already so built up that they couldn't support
2: the two levels of traffic uh-huh. on and off. Yeah, we can have the upper class on top and the peasants down below. <laughs> uh,
3: moving along, August the 8th is Happiness Happens Day, and that's Ooh, an international like that. observance.
0: And that's right after Beer Day?
4: And that's that's so right
3: why. <laughs> well, wait a minute, the funny thing is not only is it after Beer Day, but August the 8th was also in six 1692 the beginning of the Salem witch trials so, <laughs> happiness happens at the same day that the beginning of the Salem witch trials I you know if they
2: had more beer in the Salem they probably yeah, would have I
3: mean, beer
0: in the lighthouse on the 7th Burn witches on the eighth. I'm yeah. seeing it. I'm seeing the happiness. I just that, that's oh, right. God. That's
3: one of, one of the fun things about looking into history is that it juxtaposes so many interesting things on on or about the wow. same. The comas
2: has those of like the That's right.
3: The in, said, one of the interesting things about the Salem witch trials has to do with a historian whose name is George Lincoln Burr, and he said about the Salem witch trials, the Salem witchcraft was the rock on which the theocracy shattered. Little did he know that we were going to come up against mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the politics of today and the and the right. But I think that's a really interesting, uh, interesting. way of Whoa. putting it. Yeah, the the rock on which the theocracy shattered. If only. August the 9th is, speaking again of fun dates, National Polka Day, Holding Hand Day, and National Day of Indigenous Persons. Oh, wow. So you can celebrate all at once. You can hold hands with an indigenous person, dance the go. polka, and, you know, keep holding their hands. This
0: is sounding like an, an interesting day.
3: That's a, That would be a great day. That's a party
2: yeah. I want to
3: go to. Next year on August the 9th, we now know what to celebrate.
0: Considering I'll be I'll be all sooty from burning the witches and That's still hungover over right. <laughs> from drinking the beer at lighthouse.
3: There you go. And then in
2: 1944, the just <laughs> and the
3: That's adding another element, on August the 9th, Smokey Bear debuted as spokesman for fire prevention. Oh, very cool. So we can hold hands with bear. Is it, is a bear. Is it, isn't a bear indigenous? In a way? Yes, they're they're
0: indigenous. We didn't import them from Russia yet.
3: (laughs) August 11th was Independence Day in Chad. And August 11th, in the date minus 3,114 was the date of creation. Little did you know that we could date it. Really? Really. According to... The Mesoamerican long-count calendar, that's the date of the creation of Didn't somebody of the figure world.
0: out that that was actually at 9 a.m.
2: too? I, um, no, no, between 9 and 9 9 the biblical e- one. Oh, oh, oh. Mesoamerican.
3: <laughs> right, right in through there. So, well, it was daylight savings time, right? Uh, so, <laughs> Could God to 10. likes to sleep in. Yeah, so the Mesoamerican long-count calendar, which we are all familiar with, oh, um, is a non-repeating calendar in use with a number of the pre collection Colombian Mesoamerican cultures, in particular, the Mayan culture. And according to Mayan mythology, the gods Kulkakon and Tepu, I I know I'm murdering them. Little Tepu. Yeah, (laughs) decided to create a species on the earth which looked like them. And the first attempt used mud, which fell apart. And with the help of other gods, they then tried wood, but the resulting people were soulless and had to be destroyed. And finally, the guides tried maize, and that was successful. There we go. So we're all corn at the at <laughs> our at our soul. i fructose we're corny, corn syrup. Anyway, <laughs> <Go ahead.
2: laughs> High fructose corn syrup is what makes us. <laughs>
3: that, there you go. August the 12th was World Elephant Day, so a little t- hello shout out to Topsy, Topsy and Jumbo. Our two of favorites. Um, Babur, in 1990, yes. yeah, in 1990, on August the 12th, Sue, who was the large, who is the largest and most complete Tyrannosaurus rex, the skeleton was found and discovered by Sue Hendrickson in South Dakota. And um, Sue weighed more than 6.4 metric tons when she was alive. Big girl. And, of course, she was given the name Sue because she was named after Sue Hendrickson. Um, It actually is the largest, most extensive and best preserved Tyrannosaurus rex ever found. And over 90% was recovered by bulk it was a length or it has a length of 12.3 meters Mm -hmm. um and it's 12 feet tall and is estimated to have weighed around 6.4 to 10.2 metric tons when she was alive it was discovered in the summer in 1990 um, and after ownership disputes were settled, the fossil was auctioned in 1997 for $7.6 million the Did highest you... amount ever paid for a dinosaur. <laughs> wow. Oh, go ahead, Christine. Oh, I, was, I was just laughing. So I'm like, oh.
0: wow. $7.6 I, I would spend
3: that on a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Any, have anybody, anybody have any idea where she is at this moment? She's in Chicago at the Field Museum. Uh-huh. Yeah, Chicago's got a number of really great museums, mm. and so that's that's where she ended Road up. Road trip! Yeah, <laughs> there you go. August the 13th is Left-Hander's Day. Anybody Yay. besides me left-handed? There we go, the two smartest people
2: in the room. One of the devil!
3: There you Both go. You. I think Kirsten's left-handed, guys. No. Nah. Uh-huh. there you go. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. Okay.
3: <laughs> Ending on that high note, dear listeners, it brings to a close another passing parade of interesting, mundane, unusual, and occasionally bizarre events and people that make up this day in history.
2: Thank you very much, Nancy.
3: We had a really exciting one today with a lot of participation.
2: Yeah. You do realize nobody's going to get that. Jaguar, I know. Right?
3: I know. They're just like I don't understand,
1: <laughs> guys. What? Kirsten only has a right hand. <laughs> oh,
5: she's got a partial left hand. <laughs> Thank you very
1: much
2: for telling
3: the
5: world.
3: Christina. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there
2: uh,
3: are there are no secrets on a podcast, unfortunately. Apparently. No. But we love everybody anyway.
2: All right, guys. I've got some great stories we're going to talk about today because this is another brilliant moment. Brought to you by Religion. Now, did you guys know there's a gaggle of paranormal researchers say that they discovered the root cause of homosexuality? Really? Again? Yeah, again. Or is this
3: definitive <laughs> now? No,
2: last time it was a Muslim cleric. This okay. time it's paranormal researchers. It's not genetic. It's not the result of childhood trauma either. It's ghosts.
1: Oh, dude, I was oh. going to guess that. I was going to guess ghosts. ghosts.
2: Yeah, according to this website, the Spiritual Science Research Foundation is a world leader in spiritual research. And a new article titled, Symptoms of Ghosts Affecting... Or, or possessing a person, the group claims that an astounding 85% of gay people are possessed by ghost entities.
1: What, what oh. about the other percentage? <laughs> are they are they the people who die and become the gay ghosts? I don't know. <laughs> this ma- is good Halloween, so let's remember ghosts.
2: this for Halloween. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I want to see how that works. The main reason behind ghosts. the gay orientation in some men is they are possessed by female ghosts. The article claims, if a what? female ghost is <laughs> is in them, then it's attracted to other men. Conversely, the article continues, Lesbianism is a result of women who suffer the presence of a male ghost in them.
1: What? What? Ha- what about asexual people?
2: I don't or know. Two ghosts. No. Have as many ghosts? No. As well.
1: Asexual is you don't have physical attraction to people.
2: <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. So no ghosts at all. <laughs> I'm glad, a ghost origin this
0: body
3: I'm glad we finally have the ultimate scientific <laughs> I know. reasoning. How did they,
0: so go, I, I just have a this... lot of
3: ghosts in my body, guys. <laughs>
0: Mo- move on with this story, Kevin. How did they come to the realization that
2: it's ghosts?
3: Well, um... It's so obvious. It's, I'm yeah, surprised. And so you're so left, and you a left-hander, too, Scott. <laughs> they say,
2: quote... The ghost consciousness overpowers the person's normal behavior to produce the homosexual attraction, the article explains. Spiritual research has shown... Spiritual research, I love that. What? that what? The cause for homosexual pre- uh, preference lies predominantly in the spiritual realm. So there, there's your explanation. Oh. I know, she's... She's... Besides you, she's cringing. Right out of Ghostbusters. Like, what? Hey,
0: yeah. there's an idea. Oh.
3: Now we have to have gay... Bo- uh, who has got a proton do, pack? Do
1: they, come in, do they come in rainbow colors?
2: <laughs> Maybe. I want I a
3: purple know. one. <laughs> I <want> a pr-
2: <laughs> uh, due to being possessed by ghosts, the article says the majority of the LGBT population is uh, is more susceptible to being influenced by negative energies who give them thoughts to encourage them to display their homosexuality in a shameless and even aggressive manner. Aggressive? Yep. Aggressive? Yeah. This includes things like Pride festivals, parade rallies, marches, and other public shows. Oh games. the evil of it. Oh yes. <sighs> pride parades are especially banned, researchers claim because they emit negative energy up to ten kilometers. <laughs> so if you're within ten <laughs> 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 So if you're within ten kilometers of a pride parade, you might be affected by a gay ghost. <laughs>
3: So if I wore purple to a pride, pride. parade, I would be appropriating the Maybe. culture? I don't know. And
0: or you'd be absorbing ghosts. I'd yep. be
3: absorbing ghosts? Yes. One of the two, it ain't bad, right? Yes. Ain't bad. I, I wonder how a ghost chooses the person they want to inhabit. Like, yeah. Is What's it the just
1: a vul- lottery? Yeah. Or, 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 What's
3: the or, vulnerability factor yeah. here? We ought to do a study on that, exactly. Christina. Oh. So,
0: I don't mind the homosexuality part, but... but oh. Do these ghosts do anything else?
2: Like, is this cancer causing? <laughs> no, but you know, if all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you have this urge to decorate your place, you might be infected you might be by infected. a gay ghost. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can see by my place, there's no way I've got a gay ghost in me somewhere.
3: Well, <laughs> not as <laughs> well, not as that of ceiling, Kevin. Be something not, as of this not as of this I, moment. I have a question <laughs> though. What if a male ghost
1: inhabits a male body?
2: Oh, oh he's just bad. super machismo. Then. then they go. Then <laughs> they. Then is, they everybody then
1: <laughs> is everybody inhabited by ghosts. Then and we just don't realize it
4: unless it.
2: Yeah. Dan Aykroyd, where are you? That's
4: great! Actual physical contact! <laughs> <laughs> All no, the no, questions we, need, we what are was left the, with? What was
0: the other guy's... What was that one guy's... Igor. We need Igor or Igor or whatever his name was. Igor?
2: You mean but, from Dracula?
0: No, from... Uh, <laughs> for, from uh, Ghostbusters.
2: Yeah. Igor from, from The science guy. <laughs> where the glasses? Oh, uh, yeah. no, it was, uh... It was an Ivan. Something like that. I thought it was No, I don't know. I can't remember. No, no, Vigman was the the idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Harold Ramis was the actor's name. (laughs) But you don't know the character. (laughs) I can't remember the name of the character. It doesn't matter. Oh, geez. All right. So, um.
3: (laughs) Oh, that was too much fun. (laughs) That was too much.
2: That was just too much. Gay ghosts. Uh, Gay ghosts. Let's go something a bit more serious now. Because we were just talking about North Korea. Uh, Texas megachurch pastor Robert Jeffries, one of President's Trump evangelical advisors who preached the morning of his inauguration has released a statement saying that pr- the president has the moral authority to take out North Korea What? Yeah. When it comes to how we should deal with evildoers, the Bible in a book of Romans is very clear he says, God has endowed rulers full power to use whatever means necessary, including war to stop evil, he says <laughs> In the case of North Korea, God has given Trump th- authority to take out King Jong-un.
3: Well, I think we ought to send Jeffries and the Bible over yeah, there to yeah. talk with him, and obviously that's the way to, to promote no, no. peace talks, right? No, this is the
2: price we don't
0: want that religion. The, a, a Canadian preacher went over there, and he just got back sick now, I guess, because they...
2: Yeah, he was a, a made He was a spy. Oh, seriously? Yeah, he was
0: trying to bring down the government or something.
2: It's,
1: yeah. yeah. Can- Canadians are the worst spies.
0: We
2: apologize.
0: We apologize too much. I'm sorry I'm spying on you.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. I accidentally corrupted your mechanism in your computer when I stole all your information. I am so sorry.
2: (laughs) The biblical passage in Romans 13 gives the government authority to deal with evildoers, Jeffy said. That gives the government the authority to do whatever, whenever, whenever, whatever, However, it's assassination, capital punishment, or evil, evil punishment to quell the actions of evildoers like King John says, I'm willing this to is
3: give guy... a little push.
2: I'll give him a push. This is the guy that has the ear of Trump. Right, and this is the price of religion. This is actually quite serious. This is the price of religion. These guys are thinking they're going to war, some kind of stupid holy war.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah the
2: holy war against what? I mean, the <laughs> evildoers, whatever that <laughs> means. Right? Well, that, North, but, North but, Korea, but, but has that's so what far, Trump
3: is doing. He's playing to his base, and it's yeah, working.
2: It is, but
3: Kim, that's all Kim Kim he's got Ung. left.
0: Kim Jong Un is such a fruitcake, and and yeah, maybe it is scary. He has nuclear weapons and. And and a big army, but let's look at it. He's managed so far to bomb the Sea of Japan successfully <laughs> many times, hey, and never gotten any. Not and yet. never gotten any further. Now I don't know what his war is against the Sea of Japan. I don't know what his frustration like with the dolphins, Sea of Japan is. They're too happy. But yeah. he really dolphins has it price. out for that. He really has it out for that body of water. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So as long as he's taking his aggressions out on the body of water, we should just keep laughing at him and walk away. Like, turn our backs on him and walk away.
2: I, I kind of think that is kind of a, a partial solution. We should just, you know, you don't invite him to the table till he kind yeah, of grows up. go
0: and talk to China and and, and have them over for dinner and, and snub Kim Jong-un. And just say, no, you're
2: not welcome. Sorry. Yeah. China's coming. So I guess Kim Jong-un has kind of baited the president and he's taking the bait. Sort of.
0: Oh Ugh. Trump yeah taking the bait Trump's just an idiot Do
2: you
1: do you think Kim Jong Un is intentionally trying to bait him or it's just his personality yes, I think so.
0: No it's his personality he's he's crazy And yeah. po-
2: politically it works great for Trump too because uh, there's a there's a bit of a history in the U S that when the president and their ratings are way way down, nothing takes that away like oh, a nice good no, war. No, nothing else. When George Bush? What,
0: what exactly is a nice good war, though? I mean,
2: well, it's war for them. This depends on whose side you're. So, on. so a friend told me well, once that you know the U S main export messy, though, is now war, and it's kind of hard to argue. What's that? Well, a friend once told me says the main export of uh, the U S right now is war. Yeah. and that's almost hard to argue, right? It is like, hard to argue. Well, you know what? You kind of have a point. There.
3: I, I, mean, I think an additional problem is is that when Tillerson came in as Secretary of State, they gutted either right before, or right after, yeah. almost all of the top, you know, appointees, uh, and so they're dealing with a second uh, of a, a, a department that doesn't have the memory and the history of dealing with. Uh, with the North Koreans and over over, genera- have, over have the they, three generations. Yeah.
1: Have they actually, like, filled these positions again? Have they what?
3: Have they filled the positions? That no. They, yeah, so they, they're, it's also that there's just not enough there's people. A void, That's yeah, what I'm a saying, there. yeah, that yeah. there's not enough people who ha- have been used to dealing with this and know what works and knows how to mm-hmm. approach... See, what, I, know, what
0: I see happening, though, is you've got Guam, uh, the American base in Guam, and they have been put on preparedness. Now, it wasn't Trump ordering this. Trump's not really calling the shots on this. His generals, the people who actually do know how to wage war, have been moving assets into the area. There's carrier fleets. There's Guam with the B-1B bombers or the B-2 bombers or whatever else they want to move in there. I think they've retired the B-1B now, but they're moving assets into that area, and these guys do know how to carry out a war. And seriously, like, it's not going to be pretty. Like I said before, it's it's going to be a nasty thump on the head for North Korea mm. because when it happens the United States will crush them flat. The problem is the repercussions for the rest of the area. Yeah. China gets on their high horse, South Korea and North Korea don't get along. The people the people actually yeah. hate each other. So now you've got that problem. I, uh, I not Well the worst the abs- Japan gets involved.
3: Yeah. yeah uh, the worst is that Trump still has access to the nuclear
0: arsenal. Football. Yeah.
3: yeah it just takes one you don't, well, one finger you,
0: even if north korea uses nuclear weapons that shouldn't mean that any other country should use them yeah you shoot down what you can you take the lumps and then you flatten the government of of uh, north korea and you don't allow it to ever happen again good luck with ever that never never ever use nuclear weapons It's just
2: yeah last time the americans were attacked and they lost 3000 people they destroyed a country not even the country that attacked them so good luck now with them not retaliating with nuclear weapons I'm just being pessimistic about this. you are well I think we, we good, should be pessimistic
3: I think more
0: people should be pessimistic yeah. they should be looking at this with a really really hard eye
2: let's and, finish on a different little story here uh, Jamie Davenport tall uh, she went missing more than two weeks ago this is a kindergarten teacher from Modesto California she just up and vanished one day, it seemed. Her car had been damaged in a crash near her home, but her physical body was nowhere near the scene, and speculation was that she walked away somewhere. What made the story even more complicated and depressing was the Davenport Toll, who is bipolar, wasn't taking her medication anymore oh, no. because a pastor and his wife said the pills were a gateway drug to the devil. Well, at least there's some good news. They actually found her. Just as the efforts to find her were set to scale back on the assumption that she would never be found, she was discovered less than a mile away.
1: Where did they start the search?
2: Well, that's what I kind of wondered, too. <laughs> it's like, where did they... What Less than a mile away? You weren't searching very hard, were you? Yeah. Her phone was found near water, uh, a water trough near uh, where cattle drink. Uh, we saw her moving, one of the uh, officers said, and told uh, step-cousin... Uh, and uh, then we said, it looks like she's alive. And she says, I am alive. <laughs> oh,
1: my god! So
2: the three people who found Tall said they could barely move her because her severe sunburns. She oh is said no. to have survived by drinking from that trough and eating insects. Yum. And uh, she told law enforcement oh, she was trying lady. to get to Yosemite more than 60 miles away. <laughs> so now she's in the hospital. She's so she, getting treatment. So she was
1: trying to walk to Yosemite. Uh,
2: apparently. But, you know... Huh. Take your medication, Gotta girl. Gotta
1: love Manic States. Don't ever
2: <laughs> listen to your priest as some kind of doctor. My God. These people are... Yeah. She's alive. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. That's
0: hey, awesome. that's that's actually a good story in a way. She's alive. They yeah. found her alive. It, it wasn't just, a sad ending.
2: But it just shows that, you know, when you start listening to your priest about these... You know, you're yeah. bipolar, you need well, medication, take they, it. Well, especially
1: when they aren't medical professionals and they have no experience in what medication actually is. They have
2: no experience in nothing. The spe-
3: speculation is, I wonder whether the church is going to say, see, God saved you, therefore oh. him, you don't need oh, the pills. Bloody.
2: Probably, probably. Oh, jeez, that's awful
0: all right she could be the next religious leader <laughs> she spent how many two weeks two in the, weeks two weeks in the in the in the hot sun and uh with no food no water and, well she had
1: food she had bugs
0: oh <laughs> well, yeah but you, you don't tell that into the story you got to elaborate a little bit eh? and <laughs> yeah. god took care of her
3: no food god More sent water. her
0: out there god brought her back that so. must
3: have been just a horrifying experience it's a lot for of, all a that lot of suffering for no reason absolutely
2: alright thank you guys so uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back with Marissa Alexa McCool yay so stay with us if your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously you might like life, the
5: universe
0: and everything else
5: people like Ray Comfort are fond of saying what use is half a wing right? have you ever seen a f***ing penguin? (laughs) Life, the universe, and everything else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else. I don't know, Zoom? Is that still a thing?
2: Hi, I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page.
0: You might be your too. only friend. <laughs> hey,
5: I'll trade you. Uh, I'll herd cats, and you can deal with shitty transphobic people all
0: day. <laughs> oh, I prefer yeah. Cats. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I, I do deal with them. They're we live in a very, very weird town. Right? Yeah, yeah, but nowhere
2: near nowhere near to the extent
0: that. No, he,
1: I'm sure. She I'm has. sure Abbotsford is like
2: heaven. Compared yeah. To, yeah. yeah, compared to what they <laughs> have to deal down there in the states. What if you have to yeah. deal with? You're transphobic are welcome up cats. here any time. By the way,
1: that. Yeah, that would probably not be transphobic it as well.
2: cats would be bad. Transphobic
5: cats <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I'm not going to sit on your lap. <laughs>
1: Fuck you, I'm a cat. <laughs> I think it's just all cats.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, let's start this interview. So, um, all right. So joining us today is Marissa Alexa McCool. She is a host of An Inciting Incident, Doubting Dogma, Full Frontal Nerdity, and Sis Are Getting Out of Hand podcast. She's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Marissa, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Thank you so much for that delightful intro. I like to think <laughs> I should get an introduction like that every time I watch. Into a Room, so I appreciate it. <laughs> There'll
2: be some accompanying music, eh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <You> should, no, <laughs> you should
5: just play
2: the big band there.
3: <laughs> here, well, here, I was here. a pro wrestler, so
5: an entrance team is kind of my thing, you There know? we go. Wow. <laughs> well,
3: but you're welcome here anytime, and we hope we can top that entrance every time you're with us.
2: You are I'll very well known in the States. You might not be as well known north of the 49th. Would you be so kind to give us a brief introduction as to who you are?
5: Certainly. And I, I I do have a bit of a following in Canada. They're actually my second most downloaded place to come from. But for those who uh, are not aware, I am Marissa Alexa McCool, as they said, I host every podcast that exists (laughs) at some point. And I'm a former professional wrestler, a trans activist, a public speaker, I have published four books. And I go around the country, you know, trampling on the free speech rights of transphobes. So, you know, I, I kind of got the whole package going on.
2: Yes. And she's got a mean headlock. When yep. I met her in Seattle, she totally put me in a headlock. I, had to, I was seeing stars. I had to tap out.
0: <laughs> you, you, you do have to realize that Kevin loves being put in headlocks. No. So. No. What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the comments of Scott are not necessarily those Left of the Valley subsidiaries. And <laughs> <laughs> Marissa, thank you so much for, for joining us t- today. Um, you're you're an activist, uh, and uh, you've been uh, working hard to uh, support trans people and their struggle. Would you be so kind to maybe give us, what do you think is, in your opinion, the status of the uh, fight uh, trans people are facing now in the U.S.?
5: Well, I often say that I'm relatively lucky as far as trans people go. I have a very, very big support system. And a lot of people affirming my identity, not just because of the podcast and the writing that I do, but, you know, a a social network of, of a lot of friends and people I consider family who are willing to watch out for me and have and who have affirmed my identity since day one. So when I see a lot of inappropriate questions being asked of trans people or the fact that whenever someone in the media or whoever Uh, brings up trans people it brings about the same goddamn arguments all the time it's like my idea is to put myself out there and be a place where not only trans people feel like they can have someone to come talk to if they're questioning or if they you know have questions about what it's like to be trans what it's like to go through transition or whatever but also so i can field some of the shitty questions away from the other trans kids out there who may mm. not have one person there who validates their existence or acknowledges their true identity. Because worst case scenario, if someone says something terrible about me and it makes me feel really bad, I screenshot it. And there's a hundred people there <laughs> with torches and pitchforks. <laughs> but yep. There are, there are so many kids out there, especially down here in this country don't accept oh. it. Maybe their job doesn't accept it. And in most States, Uh, in this country, it is still legal to discriminate against us. It's still legal to not hire us. It's still legal to fire us. It's still legal to, um, you know, reject us from housing or medical care. Or, you know, outside of California, if you take a trans person out on a date and have sex with them and then suddenly go, Oh shit, I might be gay. I might I just might have to kill this person. Oh my it's god. It's called the panic defense and it's still legal.
2: Wow. What? What? That's uh, outrageous.
3: Welcome to the 14. <clears throat> Excuse me. Welcome to the 1400s. Yeah, that's yeah. even then.
2: Oh,
5: that's outrageous. Because we are such a threat to their masculinity that they just might have to kill us for it.
2: Wow. Ah, uh, geez. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you know, oh, you know. I, wow. I, I like. we know that the trans population is a relatively small percentage of the population. Uh, but I, th- uh, I, I, I've always had the tendency to think that a lot of people ask inappropriate questions because lack of education and not necessarily out of malice. But for you as a trans person, what would you could uh, give? Can you give me some examples of some inappropriate questions people ask you?
5: Well, sure. The, the most obvious of the inappropriate questions that we get is from either complete strangers or people we've just met asking what our genitalia is, whether it's direct <laughs> or, you know, roundabout asking something like, have you had the surgery yet? As if there's just one. Um, so, you know, someone comes up to you. Hi, I'm Eric. Hi, I'm Marissa. Have you had the surgery yet? How is that appropriate <laughs> oh, wow. in any way? It'd be like if I if I had walked up to you at GAM and gone. Hi, yeah, uh, you're Kevin. Um, are you circumcised? I'm just curious. This seems to be the place to go upon meeting a person and establishing their presented gender,
2: right? I, I totally agree. Well, how you, what you might not know is in Canada we actually greet each other by grabbing each other's genitals too. So, it's a, it's a Canadian tradition. But I might not be that shocked. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
5: Oh, I was gonna say I apparently need to move to Canada. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: no no i and i totally Again, agree y- it's, it's, you're
0: welcome here anytime it's
1: yeah because um transgender um gender identity and gender expression were actually just added to protective classes in canada so
2: yeah exactly you need to move up here marissa yeah, <laughs> yeah you do yeah. seriously
5: uh you know right now down in the states uh, there's been like this three-week clusterfuck of a fight Because our dumbass president decided to ban us from the military by Twitter, and you would (laughs) think it would just stop there, but it doesn't. Like I said, the same arguments come up every single time, so, you know, Trump supposedly bans us from the military, and two days later, we get the same old, oh, well— Trans people have to disclose their trans status at all times. And I'm sitting there going, you know, that's awfully reminiscent of like pink pink triangles, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, that's that's kind of got a bad stigma attached to it. And what what I try to get out there and say is you don't have to understand it. You don't have to get it. You don't have to even be able to wrap your head around what the idea is. It's not about you. But if somebody tells you who they are or what their name is or what their pronouns are, maybe you should listen to them because they probably know better than you do just – yeah, maybe. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yep.
2: I like your thinking. I, I you know, it's completely <laughs> logical thinking. Who would have thought? Right. You know? <laughs>
5: of course. The, one of the examples I always give is, you know, I, I I'm not sure how it is up there in Canada because you have classes with like moose and penguin or whatever. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> down here, first day of school, you know, they would be like, oh, uh, we're gonna take roll. Just say here if it's your, you know, your name, uh, Jennifer. Uh, could you please call me Jenny? No. Jennifer's, what's on your birth certificate, bitch? Like (laughs) that doesn't
2: happen. Wow. No. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's that's harsh. My God. Uh, Okay. So so we ask a question. I just sleepily (laughs) lost
1: Um. Um. I am curious with the fight that's going on right now in the states for transgender rights. What would you say to people who think that it's not an important issue? That, oh, well, you guys are such a small portion of the population. Why should we care?
5: Good question. We get that every single time that we try to assert our right to be a person. Uh, There is always someone who is willing to say there's so much that we have to worry about now, you know, with Trump or whatever. And unfortunately, the atheist and skeptic community is not immune from this because people like Bill Maher and Sam Harris and Peter Boghossian have decided to, like, blame us for Trump in in, in an essence. And what's bullshit about this is anytime something is brought up like, oh, why are you worrying about X when, you know, this is happening over here? It's never meant as a discussion of the topic they're bringing up. It's never meant to say, hey, this is really important. We should be focusing on this. It's designed to end conversations. That's it. Like when, whenever a feminist person is talking about uh, female rape, for instance, Mm -hmm. someone will always say, well, males get raped too. The person who said that is not trying to have a discussion about male rape. They're trying to end a conversation that A, is not about them. And B is making them feel uncomfortable. So, you know, you can, people can say that we are such a minority part of the population, but if that's the case, why are so many people trying to make laws against us? Mm-hmm. Why are we such a threat to the bathroom? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're, like, we're as... these bathroom ninjas that just hide out waiting to flash the wrong genitalia at your children. Cause it's, 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 it's
0: interesting. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that they take the smallest. It's minority. It's, it's a very small minority of people that are this way. And yet it's such a threat. Well, it's not a threat, but you see, that's how the bullies work. You pick the people who are least able to defend themselves, the smallest group, and you pick on them, you eliminate them. That's what's going on. Right.
5: And, you know, down here in the States, uh, gay marriage became nationally legal two years ago. Yeah. And before that. The same shit that was being said about us now was being said about them.
0: Yes, exactly. And
5: the same counter arguments like, you know, um, well, gay marriage is such, you know, it it affects such a disproportionate part of the population. We have so much to worry about. Sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. But gay, you know, the gay population was like, no, that, you know, (laughs) we're not just going to shut up to make you more comfortable and wait our turn. That's not how social progress works. We're going to get out, you know, in the streets, in the voting booths and vote with our voices, vote with our money and Mm -hmm. vote, you know, as much as we can. And we went from it deciding an election to it becoming national law in 11 years. And Mm -hmm. that did not happen because gay people went, oh, well, people seem to have a problem with us. I guess we should just sit back, be polite and wait till we're important enough to discuss. That's not how social progress works.
2: Yeah, I totally
5: agree. so, yeah, when, when the conservatives lost the gay marriage fight, they kind of had to go, how can we get a moral footholding back? Mm-hmm. Who's even more vulnerable than gay people? Or, Whoa, transgender, that's just something we just invented. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they're trying to get into bathrooms and whatever. And I always help people who worry about that. Do you know what trans people did in a bathroom? Before you brought this up as an issue, they used the bathroom that matched their gender identity <laughs> because this was never a thing. You know exactly. I if you're, was if you're I about was assigned male at birth. I am a female, but everybody else,
2: uh, Marissa, to say that again, please. We lost you for half a second there.
5: What I said was, you know, every time that I use the bathroom and nothing happens because nobody is using the bathroom as, like, the okay-to-hook-up corral. That's not how it works.
0: Well, no, we look to the Catholic Church for that. The priests tend to do very yeah. well.
1: Well, and the That's... people who are going to use the bathrooms to perpetrate a crime aren't going to stop because they're already breaking a law. Well,
2: was and, a and on top of that, every bathroom in every house is... Gender Unisex, neutral, right? yeah. it, it's a, it, it really doesn't matter. It's just stupid.
0: I am wondering when we're going to grow up and actually have gender neutral washrooms in public places. Well, we have. Them
2: well, here.
3: there are already in different places. Mm-hmm. I've seen them. Yeah. I've used them.
2: Yeah, we have them well, here at universities.
0: It's time the to grow up yeah. and become adults about this. Uh, what a person identifies as their gender is not my business. It's their business. Exactly. Well, this
3: and, you know, it, it seems very naive, but it, it isn't the, the whole bathroom thing going to cause more problems? It is. You, but, you know, because what happens if, if someone who is transitioning to female uses a male, male bathroom because That'll that's, be even their, more that's, their, they that's their birth? Them. Now what's going to happen? It's, it just, it, it's intolerable, okay. you know, to, well, to do that. I'll tell you what it's
5: really designed for. It's not about bathrooms. It never was. The oh, same absolutely. way. It's not about the military. And that's because if you want to eliminate someone from being able to exist— you right. can't ban them from existing. That'll never be enforceable. But what you can do is make it as difficult as possible for them to exist in a public space.
4: Mm-hmm. That's and what if they're you doing. can't
5: use the bathroom, you can't go out in public. Therefore, you stay in your house and are closeted from society, which is really what they want. Because... We make them a little bit uncomfortable because it's something they don't understand. Therefore, if we just push it aside and pretend it doesn't exist, that's the only way that we can move on with our lives because I can't spend enough time in my day thinking about what someone might have in their pants (laughs) that may or may not excite me because clearly the only reason trans people exist is to trick cis people.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then on top of that, you've got this pesky uh, declaration of independence and constitution that guarantees equality and you oh, know naturally the you know the right doesn't want to pay any attention yeah, to that to it's such that. an obstacle you know to being discriminatory
2: I think it's a it's a big conspiracy by uh, a big catheter <laughs> they try, they're, they're trying to keep transgenders out, out of the bathroom so they can sell more catheters. It's a big conspiracy, I can tell you. That works. Well, see,
4: if, if
5: you make uh, transition care, especially bottom surgery, more accessible, then we all have to use catheters. You see? There we go. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, op- um h- How prevalent are uh, clinics that can uh, kind of help with the physical transformations in the States? Here in Canada, uh, there's actually very few of yeah. them. I think there's only one, actually, in Montreal.
5: Um, I don't have the data to back up on this, but I'll say this. Um, I came out last year, and I was at one of the few universities in this country that have completely inclusive transgender health care.
0: Mm,
3: wow. And
5: amazingly, you know, the world didn't end, but, you know, we'll move <laughs> on to that. Which, is, um, which
3: one is that, Marissa? Huh? Which Which university is that?
5: I went to the University of Pennsylvania, which happens to be the same one our (laughs) glorious president graduated from. So it's not like that was ever on our minds or anything.
2: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Trump graduated? Supposedly. His dad had a lot of money. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, it was bought. Okay. okay, Yeah, you give
0: enough money to the university for that new wing on their building or the new (laughs) library they want to build, you're getting whatever diploma that you want.
2: Oh, goodness.
5: Yeah. So, you know, I I went through there and keep in mind, this is an Ivy League university and I don't say that to brag, I say that for the point that... Even at an Ivy League university with completely inclusive trans health care, there was one doctor who was educated in trans health care. Wow. One. And this doctor was not very good because when I moved out to Minnesota, that has a lot more um, inclusivity for trans people. For instance, you know, the state healthcare must include uh, transgender health care. And you know, I, I went to my first appointment and everything that, well, not everything, but most of the stuff that the doctor had been telling me, they're like, this guy didn't know much, did he? It's <laughs> like, well, shit. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of have to go at it with what is called informed consent. And what that means is it's generally up to us to do our research on what hormones are going to do, what uh, T blockers or. You know, the, uh, the trans masculine opposite, what, what that's going to do, because chances are your doctor's not going to know about it. So we have to go to a place, whether it's, you know, a hospital or um, Planned Parenthood often works with trans healthcare on the informed consent level. And we have to be able to go to these people and say, yeah, I've done my research. Yes, I'm affirmed in the gender that I am presenting. I would like to get my hormones. And that's how a lot of us have to do it. But the, the interesting thing is, it's a lot easier for trans women to get help, to get uh, their hormones than it is for trans men. Because my husband is a trans man. And for me, it was pretty much going to my doctor and going, I'm transitioning, I'm, I would like to have hormones. And they were like, okay. But for him, he had to go through, I think, three months of uh, meeting with a psychiatrist. And, you know, uh, because... Testosterone is technically a steroid or a performance-enhancing drug, so they had to make sure he wasn't trying to use it for some kind of athletic enhancement or something. Mm. So there's a few more barriers on that end of it.
3: Well, are there more medical schools that are offering uh, courses and seminars and workshops and internships in transgender medicine, or is this uh, you know still something that's that's too slow for for what the population needs right now?
5: It really depends on where you are. There are you know very there's several cities like across our country, Seattle, Washington, uh, the Twin Cities in Minnesota where I live, or Portland Oregon where it's pretty much common knowledge. But even in areas where it is so, quote-unquote, progressive, um, I have a friend who was on The Sister Getting Out of Hand a couple weeks ago who has to go to these seminars to educate the rest of, like, entire places on what a trans person is. So, you know, they, they don't have a lot of experts in the field giving these uh, safe zones or these informative sessions, they rely on people like me, people like them, or, you know, otherwise noted public figures who are willing to discuss it, to come in and sit everybody around the circle for kindergarten story time and say, hey, we're trans people. Uh, You know, here's what we are. Yes, we are people. No, we're not mentally ill. And... If someone says call us this, call them that, and don't ask rude, invasive questions. My guideline for whether or not it's okay to ask—and this is just you know casual conversation, not a public trans figure like I am—because like I said, I put myself out there to ask uh, to be asked uncomfortable questions. Mm-hmm. But if you wouldn't ask a cis person that question, don't ask us. That's probably one of the most basic guidelines you could
2: ask for. Unless you live in Canada, where you can just grab people by the private as you meet them. Well, of course. That's different.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then if you're, like, hanging out with a moose or something, it's kind of obvious.
2: Want to grab my beaver tail? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's put it this way. If if you're
5: hanging out with a moose, you're probably already all in with that shit. So, you know, the, 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 the moose wanna, is going to get his way.
0: I, yeah, or I, not, I was going to say, know? I want to see somebody grab that 1,200-pound moose. And oh my that gosh. ought to be an interesting day.
2: Okay, okay. and this show just generated into... Well,
3: I, I, th- I, I think it's difficult in a lot of ways, Marissa, because when you put yourself out there as an activist and you're a public face and a public voice, people feel as though you're fair game for anything they mm, want to know. Because- because you're already supplying information, so this is just one more question that they think you ought to be prepared to answer. They just don't relate the way they would say as a as a neighbor, you know, that they would perhaps be a little more shy and in, in, in talking with. So I, I guess this is, to to use the word, this is a transitional period where people have to be educated and they have to understand that there there may be barriers with different people. So I, I guess it's a period of time that unfortunately and fortunately you have, we have to go through in order to, to have full acceptance, which we probably will, I would say, in another five to ten years. But this is an awkward period of time, and it's great that you have devoted so much of your life to helping people understand it and to 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 make as much progress as you have.
5: Well, thank you. And a lot of times I get asked what? you know, why I do this, why I put myself out there. And I invite these people, whether they're asking me or someone like Callie Wright or, you know, even someone way more famous than I could ever hope to be, like Janet Mock or Laverne Cox, ask them to look at their inbox sometime Mm -hmm. and see the things that they don't see, which are trans kids who feel like they're a little bit safer because someone out there is willing to speak up for them Mm -hmm. and try to deflect some of the shittiness away from them, or parents of trans kids who feel like they can understand their their child's gender identity a little bit better, or just in general, uh, one of the people I met at ReasonCon, for instance, came up to me and said, "You know, I used to be anti-trans, and when you came out, it was really tempting not to, you know." flame you or argue with you over over all that. But then I listened to what you said and it really changed how I felt. Mm -hmm. So that that's, of course, Mm -hmm. the vindication part of it. But the the negative consequence of it is that sometimes people feel they're entitled to answers or, you know, maybe they'll say, well, what's wrong? I'm just asking a simple question. But what you may not realize is it may be a simple question to you, but I might have already answered that question seven times today. And maybe I just want you to Google what sis means because, (laughs) yeah, you know, it's just something I have to do. Mm -hmm. So the the way I always put it, you can ask anything you want pretty much to someone like me. You are not entitled to my time, my answers or my attention. I choose to give it. That does not mean I owe it to you.
2: Mm -hmm. That's a fantastic answer there is uh, there is uh, obviously some parallels between the uh, struggle for by, by transgendered people and the struggle by atheists and uh, it seems that a, a lot of transgendered have found for lack of a better term a bit of refuge and and, and, and uh, some common brothers and sisters in in, in, the, in the atheist movement but I'm assuming that also atheists have not been They've been open for the most part, but there must have been some bumps along the way with some atheists as well.
5: Well, what you'll hear in the atheist circles a lot of the time anymore is all these SJWs are out of control. (laughs) And what generally they mean by that is trans people want to be people. That's what it comes down to. And, you know, within the atheist community, they they have the image of being more accepting and more open-minded, but that's not always the case. Um, You know, especially with recently like Peter Boghossian and James Lindsay put, you know, putting (laughs) internalized transphobia out there and then defending themselves repeatedly when they're called on it. Or Bill Maher calling us a boutique issue because, you know, uh, me wanting my fellow community members to survive is apparently just too boutique for someone who is a straight, cis, white guy on television and in the upper 1%. Mm -hmm. So... You know what, what we have to do, I think, is realize that, once again, you don't have to get it. You don't have to be able to put yourself in those shoes. You don't even have to agree with it. But we are going through enough without having someone distant from us, a straight cis white guy who is not going to have to go through any of this, Telling us what is or is not boutique. And what I mean by that is, let's just say we're 1% of the population in this country. That equals out to what, three and a half million people? Mm-hmm. That's not a small number. It's not like, you know, there's 185 people spread across the country. But even if there was, that's still not a good argument. Mm-hmm. Same with the idea that. Oh, if you think there's more than two genders, you're mentally ill. Or, you know, if you think you can change your gender, you're mentally ill. Well, you're saying that because you aren't actually educated on the topic. And even if it was a mental illness, it's not. But even if it was, that's not a reason to treat someone like shit. I don't mm-hmm. see anybody going around and like, "God, let's keep all these bipolar people out of bathrooms. <laughs> They're dangerous." Like, you know, I'm it's, it's ableist as shit to use mental illness as a reason to discriminate against people or treat them badly. If you know, if you would treat somebody badly because they have cancer, you're a shitty person. Yeah, but. You know, because it's us, and it's something you don't get, and makes you feel all uncomfortable and weirdly in your tingly parts. It's totally okay. (laughs) No, it's ableist as shit, and you're being a bigot, so it's a two for one deal on being an uh, asshole.
1: Also, with (laughs) with things that are more common, like with cancer, people who have cancer, like almost everyone knows someone who has had cancer. Whereas transgender individuals. A lot of people haven't have never interacted with them before, so,
5: exactly, or, or so they think.
1: Exactly, they, or so they haven't think, yes. interacted with them knowingly, and so they don't have, they haven't humanized them.
2: You know, it's a, it's hilarious you mentioned that because my mother is a complete Catholic Christian bigot, big time, right? Mm-hmm. And she met uh, a gentleman that I, a friend of mine, whose his name is uh, Francois. I won't name any more than that, mm-hmm. and she loved him. <laughs> She loved him. She called, she called him uh, my funny little friend. And they spent all night having wine, both of them, talking <laughs> about stuff. And to this day, she has no idea that uh, Francois is transgender.
5: Wow. Right. So, you know, um,
2: one of the examples matter? I
5: always give is it about a year before I went on hormones. There was this guy I worked with who was, you know, saying some really transphobic shit. And I had to keep going, Neil... You probably know somebody who's trans, but you don't even realize it. (laughs) You know, hint, hint. Mm -hmm, And the other mm -hmm. person in this conversation was looking at me like, oh, shit, I get it.
0: But (laughs) he's
5: way too (laughs) thick-headed. And it was one of my favorite, like, mic drop moments. Because the, the argument he eventually got around to was that, you know, Back in the day where people all worked on farms, you know, people didn't have time to be questioning their gender and stuff. So we should go back to that time
1: to learn to read.
5: (laughs) (laughs) So so I pull out this picture of my friend Asa, who is the manliest man I have ever met in the history of anything. And I say, yeah, you see this guy, you know, bearded guy has his own farm, raises his (laughs) own livestock Yeah, you see him? It's like, yeah, that's what a man should be. And I said, yeah, born a woman. Fuck you.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Well done. Marissa, overall, uh, when you look towards the future, how optimistic are you? I'm incredibly optimistic, but the problem is
5: that's long term. Short term with uh, this... President, quote unquote, that we have, Ugh. and with his army of followers that, you know, are excited that we might invade Finland because they tweeted at him wrong. Like, <laughs> the, the short term is absolutely terrifying. And I, I'm kind of glad I moved to Minnesota because Canada's within a day's drive. So I can kind of <laughs> be like, hey, we're here now. But overall, these social movements do not die. They don't go away because they make people uncomfortable. I used the gay marriage argument there, you know, a little while back. And for, you know, the the early 2000s, as I was an outspoken advocate of it, there was a lot of resistance under, I don't get it, or I find Mm -hmm. it gross, or I'm morally opposed to it. But then people saw gay people that they weren't just these jokes on television or just the sassy gay friend. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you mean they're people. Yeah. It's going to be the same way for us. Because well, do, do you feel- I have... Pl- huh? No, no, go ahead. I'll, 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 and when you're through, I'll ask. Okay, so the same way that gay people were kind of portrayed harmfully on television we have been for years my my favorite example is always ace ventura pet detective uh you know if a trans person kisses you you need to vomit and burn your clothes so you get representations like that and then people meet someone like me and they go oh well you're just a person yeah it's almost like that portrayal was really fucking harmful I have a, a Catholic friend who is like the furthest right person that I've ever met, and I have a grandmother who is super right, super Christian, super everything, and both of them have said the same thing to me. I don't get it. I don't agree with it, but I love you more than I care about that opinion, so I will call you what you ask me to because I love who you are more than this opinion, that's wow. and that's that's the best thing I can tell anybody to say if even after all this, it still makes you uncomfortable. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to endorse it. But we're people and you give people the decent respect of calling them what they ask to be called, even if you know, you know don't like them or even if you don't understand them. It's yeah. just common respect. Perfect.
3: Do, do you, in moving to Minnesota, do you feel pretty confident that you've got uh, two senators there that will back you and and might help in some some legislation or to help in in anti-discrimination um, activities in in one way or the other?
5: Yes, as uh, the Twin Cities are one of the most progressive areas in our country, and most people don't know that. But, you know, there's citywide ordinances and there's statewide ordinances protecting us and making sure that we don't get discriminated against. But that is one of the few states in our country that has that. Um, Like I said, I I know Washington is another. You know, we met in Seattle. That's Mm -hmm. a safe place for us. Mm -hmm. Or Portland, Oregon. That's a safe place for us. California. But outside of that, and even within those states, only in the cities, you know, well, you, once you get outside of those cities, it's far more difficult yeah. to be a trans person and exist.
3: Well, you've got so, Al, Al Franken, and is it Klobuchar? Is it um, um, what's call it called, Klobuchar? I know you've got Al Franken. D- right. Do you find that he's a, a big support to you? Is that an issue that he feels is a is an important one for him?
5: I can't speak to it in as much detail as I would like, only because I just moved there. Oh. It's been less than two months. <laughs> But Jeez, I do know get on it. Come on. Al- so get up. Chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> like Al Franken is along the same lines to me as someone like Elizabeth Warren, yeah. who is willing to yell when yelling is necessary mm-hmm. and isn't going to back down when a bunch of rich white men say that you need to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, maybe some people hear me talking about straight cis white men and think that I have some kind of discrimination or, you know, cisphobia. But <laughs> just remember, that has to come from a place of power. And at this point, trans people saying the word cis has absolutely no power. But cis people looking down on trans people, people fucking die. If we were all on an equal plane, if we were all in ideal world where things like that didn't happen and trans people didn't get murdered for being trans and you know all of that, yeah, I could see your point. But until we stop getting targeted with every bullshit issue and until we stop being a hot button topic for conservative politicians to get you know upvotes and distract away from other things. I'm gonna go ahead and make fun of y'all a little bit because <laughs> it doesn't have any power at all. Mm-hmm. Like we we take a lot of that shit with the, the the fact that we have a podcast named "The Sister Getting Out of Hand." Yeah. You know? Well, what if what if there was a what if, what if there was a podcast named "The Trans Are Getting Out of Hand"? It's like um, you guys already have that. It's called the Oval Fucking Office. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Marissa, thank you so much for being with us today. If people want to find out more about you and your podcast, where can they reach you?
5: Well, the easiest place is definitely uh, Rismacool.com. That's R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L. Uh, m- links to all of my stuff is there. Uh, you can All my books are available on there through me. And if you don't feel like doing that, there's, of course, Amazon, where you can type in my name. All my books will come up in both ebook. and and uh, print, I prefer print personally, but that's up to you. I'm also working on my first audiobook, so that'll be out soon on Audible. Nice. But outside of that, Inciting Incident Podcast is the podcast that most people know me for. Uh, that's on all of the stuff. I co-host a podcast called FTM for Trans Men, which is basically me interviewing my husband and pretending to be an idiot so that he can talk <laughs> about trans masculine issues. <laughs> and that's, once again, on all the things. I co-host "Doubting Dogma" with Molly on Mormon sometimes, <laughs> and yeah, that once again on all the stuff. And then um, the sister getting out of hand is a little more difficult to get to because iTunes apparently doesn't like it. So you either have to go to Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, or anything like that, or go to our Facebook page, which has a manual RSS feed that oh, you can nice. uh, that you can use. But essentially, if you want to find me, I'm out there. I have a public Facebook page. You know, all my shows have Facebook pages. Uh, my email address is public. You know, if 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 you want to find me, just type in my name. You will probably be able to find me, whether it's my web page or when I was a guest on any podcast. Because I always say, I don't care if nobody listens to your podcast. I will come on your show. So <laughs> I'm I'm out there in the interwebs. Is that aimed at us? us? Is that aimed at us? Yes, or? Kevin. It was. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Try. or if you go to say a gam show just look for the one with the purple hair yes. chances are it's me
2: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> marissa before i let you go can i get you to say hi i'm marissa alexa mccool and i took a left at the valley hi i'm marissa alexa mccool and
5: when i'm not making fun of the cis and trampling on free speech rights i took a left on the valley <laughs>
2: And that was Marissa Alexa McCool. Uh, She's so fun. Yeah, what a
3: firebrand. I mean, can you imagine? Every day is a struggle to try and just be yourself, to just walk through this world like everyone else does without the handicaps of being asked about your genitalia or whether or not you have an, a right to use this particular bathroom. What a struggle.
2: Yeah, yes, indeed. And, you know, she is certainly has taken on that fight and with a lot of courage and poise. And although she can use some pretty harsh language, <laughs> totally warranted, totally warranted. I wouldn't want to be in her shoes. I love her. Yes, we all love
1: her. <laughs> and her purple
3: hair. Yes, her hair is <laughs> awesome. Yeah, she really, we, you know, I, we're, we're sincere. I, I'd love for, for her to come back and let us know what's going on in her life from time to
2: time. I'm going to have to ask for a rematch for that wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. She called me off guard last time. Next yeah. time, Marissa, you and I, you go down. <laughs> <laughs> this I got to see.
0: will <laughs> We'll videotape <and> it. <laughs>
2: thank you so much for joining us on the show today guys uh, you can all follow us at the, left at the valley.com you can follow us on Twitter on Facebook uh, Twitter at LETV Podcast you can send us an email at leftatvalley at outlook.com coming up next week we have Karen Garst She's the author that was going to be talking to us about women leaving faith. Oh, okay. The week after that, we have Veronica Dratz. Speaking of uh, transgender, we're talking about uh, babies having unassigned gender oh, at the birth. Perfect. Wow. And uh, September 2nd, we have our old friend Jonathan Baker who's coming back to talk to us about. Uh, the Paris Climate Court.
0: Nice.
2: It was very nice. Uh, on the night, we'll have our old friend Del Rey. He'll be coming back to talk to us about uh, recovering from religion. And then on the 16th, we'll be talking to Michael Sparks about how can he get stop about Bernie Sanders. That should be really interesting. And of course, on the 23rd, we have our old friend, Arn Raw. His brought returns. That's going to be
1: such a good show.
2: Yes, of course. It's always a good show when he comes on. He's <laughs> actually the guest we've had the most on. Really? Arn Raw. This is going to be his fourth appearance a good reason. on our show. We just love Arn. And of course, at the end of the month, we, say we uh, cap up September with the incredible Jerry Coyne. Nice. And Little Bird told me this is going to be in the new year. I'm way ahead of here. But <laughs> in the new year, at the beginning of the new year, we have Michael Shermer. Oh,
3: nice. Coming nice. back
2: to talk to us about his duple. Wow. So, yes, we're working hard for it's, you people. You
3: know, it's so great to be a part of a podcast where you, you're always thinking, man, we've got a good show coming up. Wow, we just did a really good show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, both sides. It's just such a pleasure.
2: Great. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good day. Until next time. And read Harry Potter. Oh, well, you... It comes
4: from culture Only true on a regional scale Science is universal I used to say that Horus isn't real But Jesus is Or Zeus a Mitra Vishnu You don't believe in them I think the reason is apparent You do what you told And believe in the God assigned By your parents A skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist, atheist, atheist Atheist. I'm an atheist. atheist, atheist, atheist Now let me take a second. don't mean it sounds so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful The thousands of children are raped by priests And since they holy men of God, they get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them while they plan it? We're teaching them to respect them. respect them. Fuck that. The system is broken down, working backwards. And the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by believers. And they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec. Don't mean it sounds so hateful. But I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet. You're not let it be known. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith. And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. 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 I'm an atheist.